Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Midlife Surfer podcast listener, how the heck are you? Thank you for joining me. It's nice to see you again. How you been? Doing good? You watching uh, watching the baseball playoffs? Yeah. My Giants lost. The Dodgers got them. Dodgers were the better team. It ended. Uh, it ended on a controversial call, but um, you know you can't leave it up to the umpire to decide your fate. You know, get some hits with runners in scoring position, and it wouldn't matter. I took my boy Joe. We went to the game. My neighbor offered me tickets. It's game five for those. Um, listening uh, outside of North America, you know, the game of baseball is a nine inning game and um, it's like cricket only a lot shorter and, and way cooler. And, um, and they're series, right? So like the first round of the playoffs, Dodgers, Giants, uh, it's a five game series, you know, first team to three wins takes the series. Then you move on to the national league championship and then you play the winner of the American league. Well, anyways, this was game five in the national league divisional series planning on watching it with my eight-year-old. He's into baseball. He's been into baseball all year, all summer, that is. It's been a been a fun experience having your boy kind of wake up to sports with you. No, I'm not forcing him to be into it. It's like it kind of he, he came to it, which is a beautiful thing. And he also sees how much, uh, you know, my wife and I enjoy it. And anyway, <clears throat> took him to an A's game this year, took him to a Giants game this year. But uh, my neighbor, who has season tickets to the Giants, got some sweet seats. And he texted me the morning of the game. Jeff, I got two tickets, man. Do you want them? I'll sell them to you at face value. Face value for a game five, arguably the biggest game in San Francisco history. I mean, at that park, you know, they've had World Series games there. They've had National League championship games, but they've never played the Dodgers in a decisive game in the season in which both teams broke a record. I don't know about the Dodgers, but the Giants, I think, tied or maybe broke the record by one game most wins in the regular season. Giants and the Dodgers storied rivalry surprisingly don't have many matchups in the playoffs in the modern era of baseball so anyway it was the deciding game and at first I said nah you know I'm I'm good you know boys got homework tonight the school night blah 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 but I kind of mentioned it to my wife and she goes go take Joe what are you doing you gotta go and so I said uh you're fucking right I gotta go so I got the tickets. I picked Joe up early from school. I surprised him with the tickets. How cool of a dad am I? Luckily, he was excited too. And we made the long drive. You know, it's about an hour and a half from Santa Cruz up to the city. Got there early. I put cotton candy and, and uh, Lord knows what else in his face. Whatever he wanted, basically. I didn't say no because I just, I just wanted to get a win. I just wanted good vibes all around. It was an outstanding game. But in the end, Wilmer Flores strikes out on a controversial check swing. Indeed, the replay proves that he did not go around with the bat. Should have been a ball. But again, I'm, I'm not a blame the ump kind of guy, blame the ref kind of guy. I think that's a shitty mindset to have. I think you should take responsibility 
for your actions. And uh, even if it's someone else's fault that you're going to lose game five of this historic series, sure, that last out was called incorrectly, but they could have done plenty throughout the game to increase their chances and not leave it in the umpire's hands. So, you know, we both were bummed out about that. I, uh, this is kind of funny. Um, I'd love, loved the Giants to win, but part of me wanted the Giants to lose in a way, just so Joe could experience the pain of his team losing, driving all the way up there with Daddy. Game five, it's going to happen. Beat L.A. Beat L.A. Beat L.A. So fun. And then we lose. Dodgers celebrate on our own field. About a 20-minute walk up the Embarcadero back to our car. And then literally took an hour to get out of the parking lot. I let the boy sleep in the front seat. You know? He's eight. He weighs 70 pounds or something. He's a solid kid. Still supposed to be sitting in the back seat. I think he's still supposed to have a booster too, but in my car he doesn't. I let him. I let him ride free. But um, I put him in the front seat, tilted that baby back, put that seat heater on. 2013 Honda Pilot, as you know, premium seat heater, still work like a charm. He slept all the way home. We got home at I don't know midnight, 12:30 on a school night. <laughs> anyway, it was a fun experience. So that's what I've been up to. Also, you know, that very night I, uh, I opened up Instagram and I saw that the Inertia did a piece on Surfer Susie. Yeah, Surfer Susie was featured in a publication other than the Midlife Surfer podcast. And, and rightfully so. She's got a hilarious Instagram profile. And I just want to find the headline and uh, make sure I give a proper citation to... Uh, to the person who wrote Surfer Susie's piece here. And the headline is called, the story is called Surfer Susie is the most stoked 74-year-old surfer on the planet, written by Rebecca Parsons uh, on the inertia.com. Not a big inertia fan. I find a lot of the the stuff they write um, not intriguing, I guess. I like Beach Grid a lot, though. But I do love me some Surfer Susie, and I was stoked that she was featured on this website uh, and getting any publication. And because she's just out there doing her thing, she started up an Instagram account. You can find her at Surfer Susie sixty six, and uh, she's apparently seventy four years old, and um, she's more stoked than you are. I promise that. And she was also featured on this very podcast episode. Uh, oh, I don't even know what episode it was, but it was a long time ago, episode thirty six. And um, coincidentally, it was, in fact, my Major League Baseball preview episode with the great Anthony Wittrato, followed by a great, uh, a great interview with uh, Surfer Susie, at Surfer Susie 66. Anyway, congrats to you, Surfer Susie. All right. Well, yeah, I had fun at that game. I sat down next to a Dodgers fan, and within, like, he was really friendly. But you know those people who just talk too much? Like, they talk... Almost like they have, like my wife and I say this, like they have a sickness kind of, like the lack of self-awareness, it, it, you know, you just, you kind of have to like say hi to them. Once you realize that you're stuck in someone's vortex and they're like, they don't have that social intelligence to realize, oh, this is my cue to end the conversation or I'm just talking to this guy and I met him a minute ago and I already have my phone out showing you um, pictures of my restored Volkswagen bug. <laughs> Dude, within f- five minutes, this guy revealed himself to be an anti-vaxxer and then showed me uh, pictures of his restored uh, VW bug. 
while wearing a Dodgers hat. And disappointingly, he didn't know shit about baseball. Like, I damn near had to tell him what, like, how many outs are in an inning. He didn't know who Kenley Jansen was. He didn't know Cody Bellinger. He was just kind of a Johnny Come Lately Dodgers fan. But um, I respect you, Dodgers fans. I hate the Dodgers, but um, I know there's plenty of Dodgers fans that listen to this. And if I was born in another place in another time, I could very well be a Dodgers fan. I'm a Giants fan. I think. You as a Dodgers fan, myself as a Giants fan, we're both lucky in that our franchises are willing to spend money and they also have the brain power to apparently put some pretty damn good baseball teams on the field. I expect the Giants to regress next year. I think they overachieved to a large degree, but they may in fact crash the playoffs once more. And um, I expect to um, get our revenge on uh, Los Dodgers. All right, let's get to this uh, interview. Brian King. Brian King, what a cool dude. You're going to enjoy this. Um, Brian King founded a nonprofit. Him and his wife did. It's called Mountains to Sea. Check him out at mountains2sea.org. And before you start typing that in, let me tell you how it's spelled. It's M-T-N-S, the number two, S-E-A dot org. Their mission statement is pretty simple. It's to empower youth using outdoor adventure learning to help them achieve their personal potential. Brian's going to tell us more about this. Basically, troubled youth, get them outside. Take them surfing, go hiking, climb some rocks. Just a nice outreach program for at-risk youth. And uh, Brian's a cool dude, man. He reminds me of Alex from Oroco. He's got that kind of teacher's patience. or um, He's just mellow. I would make a horrible teacher. Uh, but Brian, I bet you it was a good one. And uh, Brian, also, I met him working at the Timber Surf Co. Uh, shop. He helps out Ryan from time to time. He's got a little boat building background, too. His boy, who I'm going to ask him about, as you'll hear, Harper King, is a kick-ass surfer here in Santa Cruz. He's like 13 years old. But you know what I like about him is he's he's funny. It's, you know, uh, I think when you're 13 and you want to be a pro surfer or you are a pro surfer, not a pro surfer, but a competing surfer, rather, um, there's a tendency probably, if it were me, I'd get full of myself. I would think I'm hot shit, you know, and I see plenty of punks out there who are rippers and they will drop it on you and, um, with impunity. And then what do you, I'm a 40 year old man. What am I going to get into it with a you know 14 year old kid? No, I just let them drop it on me and wish that I weighed, uh, what that kid weighed and, uh, had the surfing prowess that many of these Uh, boys and girls do out here. But anyway, uh, his kid is polite. I've been in the lineup with him. I've never spoken to him. Leave the kid alone. Let him surf. But I do appreciate him. I heard hearing him and his friends goofing off in the lineup. And they're they're nice kids. They don't seem like punks to me. And uh, if you follow him on Instagram, uh, Brian King will give you his IG shortly here in this interview. You'll see what I mean. He doesn't take himself seriously, this boy. And he's really a good surfer, too. And uh, he may be going places. Who knows? But until then, he seems like he's got a good head on his shoulders. And his dad certainly does. And that's a testament to Brian and his wife, I'm, I'm sure. So anyway, let's get to it, okay? Uh, by the way, Timber Surf Co., TimberSurfCo.com. That's my presenting sponsor, Reclaim Lumber. Badass surfboards. Ryan Lynch is the man. He just uh, had a raffle and, and raffled off a 6-8 egg. He raises money for charities, cool charities. Of course, the name of the specific charity he raised money for is escaping me right now. So forgive me, Ryan. Um, a better podcaster would have looked that up before recording. But, you know, 
I'm not a better podcaster. This is the most half-assed podcast uh, that you're going to find uh, in the surf community. So sit back, relax, and enjoy. And uh, enjoy Brian King, by the way. And um, thank you. Stop City, bitch. <laughs> After I surfed till nine. There you go. You know what I mean? <laughs> nice. Anyway, was it pretty fun this morning? It was really fun. I went out to the hook at sunrise. The tide was like four foot and dropping. Nice. But there's, I didn't get a piece of any swell the last couple days. But... Um, yeah, I actually had some some decent ones. It was kind yeah. of warbly, and but there were some sides and some push too. Yeah, we were out last night at sun sundown, and oh cool, uh, it was definitely like oh I bet the morning was killer. Where'd you go? Just we were out the hook. Yeah. just like last forty minutes of light. Was, I, I I still love the hook. I mean, wave. it's dude, it's a running, reeling, awesome right. Yeah, it, it reminds me of uh, shipwrecks. Yeah, in Baja, you ever surf shipwrecks oh, yeah. down there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's just it's really sectiony, but that kind of works in your favor too if you know you know where to take off. Yeah, too, right? different takeoffs and yeah. yeah. No, it's, it's I mean when it's on, it's on. The hook is real. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I had some volume again, which which helped me pretty good. So sure. All right, so we're talking to Brian King, and Brian King, you're a jack of all trades. Uh, inside and outside of the surf industry, and just master to, of none. <laughs> hey, I heard that, dude. That's <laughs> that's my uh, my personal credo. Um, so I met you. You work with Ryan Lynch at Timber Surf Co. In fact, we're at the Timber Shop right now. We're we're sitting. We're in fact, our stuff is our recording equipment, which is my iPhone, is on what looks to be a sizable sup. It's actually this one looks to be about like not as long. Uh, how yeah, would I would guess it? this is a 9-2 or something. It's actually pretty. Oh, it has an Oregon Ducks logo on it. Yeah, I think the customer was at U of O with Ryan for a while. Yeah. Oh, that's disappointing. <laughs> Otherwise, it's a pretty board. <laughs> nice. Cool, and you got like leash plugs on both sides. What is, or that's, yeah, that would be to put like, you know, some webbing to put fishing gear or jacket or right. something to of hold. Course. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty bored. Anyway, I've talked ad nauseum about Timber Surf Co. and, and, their, and Ryan's ethos and what they're about, but... So I've met you in the shop as well, and I just found you an engaging guy. I've learned something about your boy, which I want to touch on too. He's an outstanding surfer here in Santa Cruz. Um, what do you do with Ryan right now? So right now I'm really just a, a kind of shop schlep, if you will. Yeah. Like I jumped on during COVID to help out build boards because I have some experience in building little sailboats, which is what I did as a teacher, which we may go into here in a little yeah. bit. Um, but yeah, I help build boards, and at this point I'm back to running my nonprofit. Uh, and so I only have limited hours. So I'm just here, you know, under 10 hours a week just to help out Ryan, just because I really love working with my hands and right. the craft of surfboard making. Right, right. Yeah. So you, you, you taught boat building? Yeah. So gosh, Cliff Notes version is I studied kinesiology and became a PE and health teacher. And I started my career in Colorado where I went to university and played soccer there. Is that right? You went to Boulder? I went to University of Northern Colorado, yeah. which is a smaller school out in the plains, um, but had an opportunity to keep playing soccer, which was one of my big passions growing up. Yeah. And uh, anyway, became a PE and health teacher, worked for a charter school there for a couple years kind of realized that those youth didn't need my support because they were kind of a middle upper class and I felt like they had a lot of support. And I come from a family of giving back to the underserved. My dad was in the Peace Corps mm. uh, in El Salvador in the 60s and really promoted that kind of, you know, serving those that need, need help. So nice. when I moved back here to California and landed in Santa Cruz, I'm actually a Campbell kid growing up, mm -hmm. um, I started working for the County Office of Education here in Santa Cruz, which is all the, what most people know as continuation school yep. or court and community school where courts like, you know, that this yep. is where you're going to school kid yep. kind of thing. And um, dude, they're my kids. They're the jam I like to work with. Great. Um, and then with that, 
long story short, I just realized that the outdoor piece for youth and learning and healing. Um, so I started a backpacking program at the school I was working at. I, I taught a renewable energy class. I a, taught a film production class. And then I took over this gentleman's class who retired, which was um, sailboat restoration. So I was teaching kids how to sail and teaching them how to restore these little boats. Um, and it was kind of this theme of like, you know, this dilapidated boat on somebody's side yard can be polished up right. and, and be sailed again. Right. Just like these kids are a little unpolished and just need some love. And, you know, they can actually be a productive person in our community with the right guidance. So. Jeez. And in our conversations, I've, I've learned you've, you've kicked around. I mean, you, you were, like you said, a jack of all trades, but you've worked at a lot of different places for a lot of different organizations. Have you worked with other shapers, too? Um, no, you know, all my shaping has been just kind of personal. I've yeah. shaped, you know, a half dozen boards on my own in the garage, like any curious surfer who's a little bit handy. Uh, and, and then, yeah, when this, you know, Ryan advertised on Instagram that he was looking for kind of a shop guy and COVID, you know, essentially we weren't allowed to take youth out into the, you know, the county, just like everyone was in right. lockdown. And so I just had this opportunity where I knew I had some hours each week that I could provide for Ryan. And uh, yeah, it's, it's been so much fun. And I, you know, just love the wood and the cork and the sustainability behind it. But most importantly, the, the handmade craft. Just, right. It's, you know, soothing to the soul, if you will. Yeah. So the nonprofit is up and running again. Yeah. Mountains what, to what is sea. it called again? Yeah, it's called Mountains to Sea. Um, and we are a nonprofit that, um, you know, the best way to describe it is use, uses outdoor adventure to empower youth to find their best selves. So our kind of motto is compassion for yourself, compassion for others, and compassion for the environment. And uh, that really comes from, like I said, those, the backpacking program that I started yeah. at the school was I just found that all these youth are so distracted by trauma and their lives right. that they get in the classroom and they can't learn. And I just found that when you took them outside and removed them from that box of a classroom that they already weren't successful in, um, and then challenged them, right? Took them out of their comfort zone, made them carry their gear for right. four days, make their own meals, yeah. um, you know, work with each other to solve, you know, minor problems within the group. They really grew and found the self-confidence, which then allowed them to go back to the classroom and kind of change their perspective on who they were, which was, you know, a student who was struggling with major troubles in their life right. to like, whoa, I actually can do some stuff. I have a new perspective. I have some self-confidence. You know, maybe I'll give learning a try. Right. And, um, and so, yeah, so then I left the classroom because I was super passionate about, like, I just want to work with youth outside. And um, I think that the 12 years that I worked with the county office really trained me in kind of, you know, how to deal with youth with trauma and support them and with resources. But not only that, but just building relationship and trust. And, uh, and then I just use adventure as the catalyst, whether it's, you know, we're at the rock climbing gym last week, which we then cool. go out and do a real rock climb, you know, sailing the week before Elkhorn Slough for hiking and yeah. birding. And, you know, so we, all these things really just <laughs> are the catalyst to their self growth. Are you the founder of this? I am. Yeah. My wife and I. Yeah. Outstanding. So mountains to the sea. Mountains to sea. Mountains to sea. Thank you. Yeah. Um, you have a website? We or? do. Mountainstosea.org. And then um, our Instagram is at mountains to sea SC for Santa Cruz 
Um, and it's kind of all abbreviated, but yeah, you guys can Google it. We'll pop up. If a listener wanted to donate, could they donate to mountainstosee.org? Abs- absolutely. Just go to the org and there's a donate button like any kind of That's nonprofit. Outstanding. Yeah. What's the demographic age-wise? You know, are these yeah. teens? Are these kids? Uh, yeah. 15 to 19 is yeah. really our sweet spot. And I really like the 17, 18, 19-year-old kids because right. a lot of our curriculum is based on where are you going and what's your path and let's make a plan right. and those kids entering young adulthood who we can all relate. Yep. We know, nobody knew who they were at 18, 19. No uh, and so we really like those that are, you know, leaving high school and entering the real world and know that like here it comes and we want to help support you get to that right. next step. Is it based in Santa Cruz County primarily? Based, yeah. Based in Santa Cruz County. And we're just a small org. So yeah. there's really just two of us running it with a small board um, and we contract with three schools with the county office and one school with the city schools. Oh, God bless you. That's awesome. Thanks, man. Congratulations. That's Thank you. I hope it's sustainable. We're in year five sure. and we'll see. Year five? Yeah. All right, cool. Yeah. I wonder if there's a, is there a tipping point? Like, you know, like they say marriage, like if you make it past year right. seven or something, then you're probably going to survive or the, the survival rates go up. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, what I didn't know starting a nonprofit was that, you know, as much as I wanted to be the field instructor and go out and you know, be in the outdoors with kids every day, which is definitely the main part of my job. There's a whole other full-time job of fundraising and writing grants. And that it was, I mean, people warned me, but until you jump right. in the pool, you don't know. And uh, it's something that is daunting and frustrating. Yeah. And, you know, the funding part of our program is definitely the biggest challenge. And I'm not quite sure if Right. It will be sustainable. I mean, like everyone, right? You can talk to anyone. Oh my gosh, God bless you. You're doing such a great job. What you're doing for the community is great. It's just like when you ask people about teachers, right? Like, do you think t- teachers are underpaid? I think nine out of 10 people are like, yes, they're yes. unappreciated and they're underpaid. But there's no like, you know, I don't mean to mix the two, but it's a good analogy of like, there's no Black Lives Matter movement. There's no movement where the country and the world is like moving forward for teachers right. and like, these people mold our next generation. Right. Why aren't they being supplemented and cared for? And, <laughs> and so it's funny. It's like, I get a ton of high fives, yeah. but I also am like, I hope we can get groceries next week, but yeah. we sure do. We sure do do good work. Yeah. <laughs> so a lot of these kids like, you, okay, so this would probably be a great example because we live in Santa Cruz. So we have the ocean. Um, we have the mountains, we have a lot close by, but I remember like being in New York and Brooklyn or, you know, go to San Jose, go to Sunnyvale, go to some areas where the kids don't get out too much. They don't see much nature in the first place. Right. Totally. And so I imagine something like backpacking and hiking, it it opens up, oh shit, I've never gone on a hike like this before. Totally. I mean, like anywhere you've lived in your life, it's always amazing to meet people who don't know their surroundings. And I feel like the demographic that we work with, which is really, you know, you know, I would say low socioeconomic, but mm-hmm. more importantly, people trying to afford to live in this county. Yeah. So these are kids whose parents work full time, yeah. usually single parent, maybe one incarcerated, blah, blah, blah. The stories mm-hmm. go on. But most importantly is they're really just left to be feral yeah. and nobody's taken them to a state park. Nobody's taken them to a beach. Right. Nobody's um, exploring the harbor with them or any of the you know preserves that we have around yeah. here. And so just like when I lived in Colorado, like to meet somebody in the Rocky Mountains who had never been skiing before was kind of like, I mean, I know that's a privileged sport, but more importantly, like you don't recreate in the winter. What do you do for nine months when there's snow and it's freezing? Same thing here. Like you've never hiked in the Redwoods. Yeah. You live two, you live, you know, half a mile from Nicene Marks. Like 
Right. How have you never been in a redwood right. forest? And it's not an indictment on those kids. It's an indictment on their situation. Right. They didn't have the resources. Totally. Their parents didn't have a chance to take them out there for whatever reason. Just didn't know how to. Right. Yeah. Or didn't have the time alluded. Yeah. So it is amazing how many local kids right here in town never go to the beach, never walk in the redwoods, right. have never been out there, you know, four square blocks, right. if you will. But I think also the big part of our program is showing that with all their stress and trauma, the outdoors is a wonderful healing place and that just taking time to go for, you know, it doesn't, I mean, a 20 minute hike mm. in the trees or at the beach can really bring down all the anxiety and stress. Um, and you can, you can actually think a little bit clearly. And that's mm. a huge, huge, you know, portion of our program. I, we, you know, we were talking surf. I went surfing this morning and I still feel that there's a glow, like I feel that buzz. I always like revel in it. I'm always amazed like three hours later, I'm still like, yeah. you still feel alive just from being out in the wilderness. 100%, I mean, you know, people forget, right? Humans have, I mean, there's an argument between 30 and 60,000 years ago, like humans have been walking around in groups. And when you think about thousands and thousands of years of our like DNA and our evolution as humans, like we have lived at the pace of nature for thousands of years. And it's only been really industrial revolution. You could go a little bit before that, but you know, the last 150 years, have we been a modern society with metals and engines and electricity? Yeah. And, and I mean, so like, no wonder why the kids are having anxiety and can't focus. There's just so much going on and our bodies aren't ready for it. And then yeah. when we get outside, they can feel that just mm -hmm. like you said this morning with surfing. You just feel connected, you feel alive, and it's because you were in the present, existing at nature's pace, mm -hmm. waiting for a wave, mm -hmm. get to ride it, get that exhilaration, paddle back out. Blow your takeoff on the blow, set wave. You know, totally, over the falls, <laughs> laugh, a little frustrated. No yeah, shit. but then you get to sit out there and wait again, and again, yeah. you're back down to nature's pace, which we all need to remember that that's how we have existed for a long time and that's why we feel so good well that's cool i i'm i uh i recommend anyone listening throw a dollar if you can afford it to mountain to seas.org any mountain to sea.org because those kids uh those kids are precious and their lives very much matter uh sure. so i think that's really important and anyone a lot of people can talk shit but you got to people to get off their butt and do something about it i really admire yeah, you know thanks. um i wanted to ask you about your boy who's a hotshot surfer but before that i was going to ask you Working in a shaping bay, making surfboards. Yeah. Is there, what's one underrated aspect of surfboard shaping that maybe, uh, not one to catch underrated. You no, yeah. Um, maybe you didn't consider I or think something that, you learned. Yeah. So, one thing I think that um, people don't really understand is as much as, you know, we are pumping out boards as fast as we can, like, there's a connection to each customer because every board truly is customized to them. And so when you have that conversation with them about like, tell me about your style or how you surf or how, you know, what waves do you surf more importantly, um, allows the shaper to really tune that board to their ability. And even more fun is, is when they come back and say, yeah, now I'm ready for something a little more radical. Mm -hmm. And I think that like you said, like what's an underrated side of it? I think that that actual crap connection to the customer, like, you know, order a board, you might think somebody's just pumping it out and getting a glass and ready, like, here you go. But the reality is, is like, you're sitting in the bay, you're staring at it, you're looking down the rails. Is that right for that guy or that gal? Like, 
is that what they need? And, um, and I don't know that people think about that side of it, that yeah. you, you really do spend time staring and thinking, yeah. is this going to work for that customer as opposed to just get this thing done? Right. Yeah. Right. I find the customization pro process one of the more, um, oh, I don't know, um, cooler aspects of surf industry. Like I was saying, I had no idea that there was so much tweaking uh, and yeah, totally. Like, soul. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. Um, it's a, I mean, I think that's one of the fantastic sides of surf, surf, surfing yeah. is the fact that you can walk in and actually, you know, talk to a guy and have a conversation and check in on them and how's it going and then yeah. build relationship yeah. um, with so many products, right? We just show up and buy it off the shelf yeah. or go to a dealer and they schmooze you over and yeah. who knows what they really know. Mm. Um, but surfboard craft making, I would say, is, um, you know, people are in that industry because they're passionate about it because it is a really tough way to make, right. make money. Margins are small. God, you guys got to raise your prices. Yeah, I have. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> um, in general, at large, shapers have to raise their prices. Anyone involved in the surfboard industry, you know, like buying local is a really cliche thing to say. But I guess what I meant to say was it was more practical in the end to work with a local shaper than to rifle through three or four different models off the rack or on Craigslist until I finally found something that I'm pretty sure works for me. Yeah. Unsurf related. My boy plays soccer as well, and um, and it is actually in a baseball camp. Joe Allegri doing one at Harbor High, nice. and um, we need some cleats. And so it's so easy to go on Amazon and get. And I've done that. Gone to Amazon. The click. The cleats arrive the next day. They don't fit. You're like, right. Well, shit. The thing's Saturday. It's Thursday. Like we don't play it against sports. Used rack. All the, all this plastic and stuff that would have tried on so many different cleats. Found the exact product that he needed. Customer service was outstanding. Kick-ass Nike cleats cost like 15 bucks. There you go. You know, and Joe's going to grow out of them or, you know, Daniel will wear them, you know, in a yeah. year. Um, and so it's very practical to shop local as well, too. 100%. Especially with the supply chain crunch that we have right now, too. That is real. <laughs> Dude, I drove by Oakland. I was working up in Richmond. I could not believe, you know, you hear about supply chain, supply chain. I couldn't believe the containers that are stacked on top of each other shoved in rail yards. Right. And I mean, just this morning on NPR, right, like the government's working with all these shipping yards and big the big ones yeah. amazon walmart to go 24 7 ups because they need to get the supply chain back and yeah it's real yeah <laughs> it is real it is real so buy local so buy local exactly and uh all right tell me about your surf history so you grew up you were born in campbell yeah you, born in born in campbell san jose area um you know my parents still live in the same house did all my schooling there my parents were great beach people so we were over here all the time mm. Uh, but that era, of course, late 80s, 90s was not an easy egg to crack as far as becoming a surfer from the valley. Mm. Um, so, you know, I'm self-admittedly, I was a full-on skimboard, you know, dick dragger, boogie boarder. Uh, but definitely appreciate the ocean and waves and found myself loving that, but also had a calling to the mountains, which took me to Colorado mm. for university. And um did my mountain life many, many winters with the wife chasing powder and fly fishing and just knew that we wanted to be back here. So yeah, I'm kind of a late, late bloomer as far as surfing goes, ocean waterman for many years, fishing and, and playing in the water, but surfing has only been the last like 15, yeah, about 30, 28, I guess was when yeah. I started surfing. Um, well, so you started surfing a little later in life too. Oh yeah, I started. Yeah, 100%. And um, took to it pretty well because yeah. of just kind of board sport kid too. Also right. skated a bunch as a kid and right. a ton of snowboarding. Right. Um, but obviously everyone knows very different because the 
hardest part of surfing, of course, is not standing and riding. Yeah. It's the, you know, wave selection and being able to paddle and all that good stuff. Mm -hmm. But yeah, late bloomer and totally obsessed like mm -hmm. anyone. Just like my life revolves around weather and swell and whenever mm -hmm. I can get out there, I'm out there. I skated as a kid and I'll still skate a little bit now. All I can do, I can do a pretty clean ollie there and land go. one out of, I don't know, five <laughs> kickflips. That's about it. And I get a front side 180, I can't do backside. But I, when I discovered surfing, I remember having that same feeling. I felt like a kid. Yeah. I was like, oh, this is, reminds me of being 14 and just like grinding that same curve outside of my parents' That's it. house. Lost yeah. boy from Neverland. Like I'm never growing up yeah. because of surfing. You yeah. Know? <laughs> what do you surf now? What's in your quiver right now? Gosh, so... Um, you know, apologies to Timber, but yeah. I, I have a 6.6 JS that I really like is kind of my go-to shortboard. Yeah. Uh, 6.3 um, Travis Reynolds, local shaper, excellent guy. Um, I bet it's a beautiful board. It is, it's beautiful, but it's a performance shortboard. Yeah. It's not one of his beautiful fish or yeah. longboards. Uh, and then we, my son works with the local shaper, Bobby Lindesma, who I want to shout out, one of the old Capitola guys who's a super shredder and awesome yeah. shaper. Uh, and we have a couple of his longboards that we use, um, but I keep it simple. I have a fish that I shaped yeah. in 2002 uh, that I still surf. Um, What's your go-to more often than not? Shortboard is my JS66 yeah. and, um, and then just I love my fish. I have a really fun retro 20 that I love to take yeah. out because cool. it's good for small burgery kind of Santa Cruz stuff. Is that the one you built? Uh, yeah, it's the one I made years and years ago. Yeah. You still surf that? Yeah. Oh, Hell yeah. 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 Super rad. That's yeah. cool. Yeah. I don't trust my hands enough to like... Well, trust me, every time I get up on it, I'm like, ah, there's something wrong with it because I'm not a real shaper. So <laughs> I actually... in the back of your head. Total mental block. I a love that you went after it. Yeah. All right. Cool. Super fun. Uh, so do you mind if I talk about your son? No, Ask let's you about do it. it. Let's All right. do it. What, uh, what's his name? So Harper. Harper King. Harper At King. Harp Tunnel. Yes. All right. Good. <laughs> At Harp Tunnel. Did he come up with that? Uh, you know, I'm a, I, like from teaching, I've always been a, um, a nickname guy. Like you'll come into my classroom as Ryan and by the end of the year, you're like, you know, Rhinosaurus or something. Yeah. And so Harper came from Harp, like Harper turned to Harp turned to Harpel Tunnel, like Carpel Tunnel, <laughs> yep. to like Tunnel. And I mean, I literally, mom and I, can we can just be like Tunnel and he'll yeah. turn around. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, Harp Tunnel. Uh, and it's funny that it kind of works for surfing, but I also at times I'm like, should we just use his name? Cause people are like, who the hell's Harp Tunnel? I but first whatever. saw, I saw an image of him. I think Ryan had a picture of him with a board or like looking at a fin or something. And he made these really, he's a, and I'm, you know, I'm a dad, you know, I got an eight year old boy and a five year old boy. So I, you know, as a dad, I, I could see character in a kid's face and it's yeah. like oh, that's a cute kid like look at him like goofing off making that face real animated and then somehow I came across his Instagram profile and I started watching his surfing and I mean this not patronizingly I was like this kid's one of my favorite surfers oh, just to watch because he has um you know we don't live in um oh where's San Clemente you know where it's like I would guess it's I know there is it's just like you know, the stage mom, stage dad, the surf culture there is so intense, probably at you know, trestles where it's very competitive. It's all WSL. Uh, and I bet those, I know lots of hot shot kids I see in the water that are rude, um, self-entitled and they're badass surfers. And maybe they are going somewhere with their surfing, who knows? One thing I like about your son, and it's really a testament to your parenting, you and your wife, is that he seems to have a really uh, nice demeanor to him and he seems to be uh, respectful and polite. Am I accurate there? Yeah, I mean, I think like any parent, you know, it's a process and it's never ending as far as like coaching as a parent. And I mean, coaching from like 
to be a good person kind of thing. Right. Um, and I, again, just come from that line of family that was really built around, you know, kindness comes back to you and relationships are important. And, um, and so, yeah, so like from a Grom, I mean, and I'm talking super Grom, three years old, pushing him in on the boogie. He, he definitely <clears throat> grasped to the ocean immediately, but it was like lesson one is like you paddle out and you say hello to everyone. And the reason being is that everyone will know you're there, which is a safety factor. Yep. So they'll know that you're out there. Look at this little guy. And if anything happens, they actually know you're out there. And then more importantly is like, it's way better to go out with a smile and a how's it going than a serious face and not a hello. Yep. Because then you're already, you know, people judge. Immediately you read a book by yep. its cover and like, so be judged on being kind yeah. and it'll come back to you. And yeah. so, yeah, I have made it a big deal in my life to always say hello to everyone in the lineup. And he has carried suit and it's come full circle, like unbelievably. How, uh, how old is he? So he's just 12. Yeah. Yeah. And he, um, he's obsessed and it's a, it's a wonderful obsession. Any long boards and short boards. Yeah. And I think, you know, I'd, I, w I would love to talk about that just for a second. And that is, um, I really, you know, it's hard because people are like, oh, Harper, you're such a great longboarder. And he's like, yeah, thanks. You know, he's like, oh, I shortboard too. And I'm like, you never have to explain yourself. Just tell them you're a surfer. And I think that that's really important for some of these next generation kids that, you know, I'll see a, a knee high day and they're out on their potato chip Ferrari shortboard and they're pissed off and they're not catching anything. And in my head, I'm going, why would you use that craft for today? So I forever... I've told my son, look at the waves and choose a board. You'll have the most fun on the right board. So he really, you know, has labeled himself a surfer and not a short boarder or a long boarder. Great. He loves riding all the crafts and he has way more fun. Yeah. I don't see many 12, 13 year old kids on long boards either. Yeah. And what a graceful thing to watch too. He's so light too. And you can really navigate that board up and down, you know, a lot easier. That's why women longboarding is always aesthetically for me a lot more pleasing because yeah. they just seem to dance it's beautiful yeah and i you know like i would say i'm also one of those kind of soft like you know you think about like there's certain dads that have certain surf films in their library at home right. and whether you're watching lost videos of guys getting hammered and doing sketchy yeah. stuff uh, i was more of kind of like a woodshed guy and watching a lot of the old like you know jack johnson films and the malloy brothers and i think that that has really influenced Harper big time cool. on kindness, style, ride all boards, uh, and then that just that lifestyle of like friends, family, good vibes, like yeah. all that. Yeah. yeah, those Thomas Campbell movies. Totally. Sprout and yep. present. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, good for you. So he's been winning some competitions. He has. I know that via Instagram. <laughs> yeah. So t just brag about him for a minute. What events has he won? I'm just curious. Yeah. So he, um, he took, so he surfs in the NSSA, which is, you know, the big kind of national surf association. And then he also surfs in the WSA, which is the Western Surfing Association, which is one of the older kind of West Coast kind of um, contests. And he is competing in the longboard and shortboard in the NSSA. And he is with some super competitive shortboarders and he's, you know, he's podiumed a few times and made finals, but he's cleaning up somehow in longboarding. He's um, in eight events, he's made eight finals and he's 
taken first in six of them. That's outstanding. So yeah, he won the Northwest Division. He took second in the West Coast Regionals, and we got nationals coming up, and we'll see how that goes. All right, yeah. I'm stoked about that. Yeah, super what's cool. A, uh, what's I know uh, you seem like a guy with, with both feet on the ground, you know, uh, and you want to raise your kid with the right uh, ethos, with or without surf. How do you balance that? Have you found yourself getting a little, listen, my kid's nine or eight, he plays soccer. I find myself yelling, like, shoot, shoot. And then like, you got it, to the corner, pass. And I have to, I'm like, dude, shut up. Dude, yeah. It's just a kid, what are you doing? And then when they win, it feels so good. When they lost, it hurt. And I'm thinking, this is, I'm just learning that, like watching my kid compete, you gotta really reel it in, right? Cause you yeah. can get carried away pretty quick. I yeah, imagine. I think in any sport we can use the cliche term like the soccer mom or yeah. soccer parent or yeah. you know, aggro baseball dad or whatever. It right. is. It's in surfing too. Oh, and yeah. um, I think really kind of backtrack is, um, I really wanna give my kid the opportunity as, as long as the opportunity is there so that if we, when we grow gray and old, we can at least say we went for it instead of regret and be like, gosh, we, maybe we should have supported you a little bit more there. Yeah. And you know, I think being a teacher and seeing all these people who have kids, cause it's easy to have a kid, uh, but it's really hard to raise them. Right. I think that I'm even more motivated to give him the best shot because he's 12. And the reality is, is in six years, he's gonna, you know, hopefully wave goodbye and be like, I'm out of here. I'm gonna go live my life. So right. it's a short window of sacrifice and I'm willing to do that. But I also know that you know, here he is a 12 year old coming up through these contests and doing well. In three years, there could be another 12 year old who just smokes Harper. Yeah. So like live in the present, you're doing well now, stay humble, stay hungry. We're not the, I can't send you to the North Shore this winter. I'm sorry, I'm right. not that dad. I'm not a bro dad, so I'm not connected to the industry. Right. Like he's really earned everything he's got. That's and I'm just, the, I'm just willing the, to camp and do peanut butter and jellies and sleep on people's living rooms and scrape by contest fees and we just continue to push it so that he can have success and hopefully some people get behind them. And you said it, it reminds me of uh, Chris Rock said, uh, if you're a dad and you have a daughter, you have one job, keep her off the pole. <laughs> That's it. But you said it when I was coming in, you said, uh, what did you say? You, you want to make Oh yeah, like, um, I don't, you know, surfing, oh yeah, here, here we go. Here's my launch. Surfing is a total obsession. And it also can be a crazy addiction. Uh, and it's also got this backstory of a kind of motley crew, if yeah, you will. Counterculture. Counterculture, for sure. And I love the healthy side, the mental health side, the activity side, but I'm also, the slippery slope of surfing is he could also be the kid someday that's on the rocks sucking down a couple tall cans just to look at the ocean and no longer surfing anymore. So like, as much as I love that he's a surfer, in the back of my mind, I'm always scared that he might end up being one of the guys on the rocks. Right. And, I, and that's just, of course, more focused parenting. Right. And, um, you know, and pointing that out, like I really, somebody one time told me like, make sure your kids know the local drug scene. And when they said that, I was like, yeah. do you mean like, what? like know how to get it and where to get is like, no, know where it's going on. Know where that riffraff is happening so that your kid understands what corner to avoid, what back alley not to hang out in. If he starts seeing some of his friends hanging out on the rocks, uh, yeah. they're usually up to no good. One thing I've learned in teaching with the kids I work with, downtime leads to bad time. Yep. So keeping them active, but not letting them hang too much is really important to me. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. Don't be a kid on the tall cans. Yeah. Don't be that kid. Keep your girl off the pole and keep, <laughs> keep your boy <laughs> away from the. You know, a tall can on the rock sounds that nice. That sounds right really now. good, actually. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. Um, I told you I want to take. I've already kept you much longer than I anticipated. I know you got to get to work. All good. Um, Super fun. Thanks. Right on. I appreciate it. And by the way, there's that there's that one redhead that uh, longboards too. She placed in the last event. She's really sweet too. There's, the longboard scene is cool. Uh, yeah, I don't it, know her name or anything. You know what I mean? Yeah, Forty-year-old dude. What's her name? No, nah, Leah Murphy. That's right. She, she's a sophomore at SoCal. She rips. And uh, yeah, I mean, I think there's some cool camaraderie to the longboard yeah. um, thing. And I think people too. You know, a lot of people. You know, some of the hot shot shortboard kids. Uh, they really kind of dog on the log and um, dog on the log dog on the log and I I you know not not that I want to challenge anyone in public but the reality is is um, longboarding's hard and yep. to do it stylish is really difficult and I think it's an under appreciated craft um, really being able to dance on your longboard and stay in uh, stay in the sweet spots and, and make it look pretty I do too I think what um Oh, what's the word? What's deceiving is that, you know, when you learn to surf, you learn to surf on a longboard because you can catch waves and it's easier to pop up. You got 22 and a half, 23 wide, you know, board. Yeah. You get up and it's stable and it's forgiving. Yes. So then you automatically assume that's just a board for beginners. Like, uh, Skin Dog Collins got into some to Joel Tudor beef with, and Tudor's out there too, but he said like, what baffles me is you're still on a beginner board or something, which is that total bro-y, you, yeah. know, you know, potato chip. And he's, both of them are kick-ass surfers. But to your point, when I decided, like I used to, I don't longboard as much as I should, but I go to Capitola for many, many years sure. to surf there. When I decided I'm going leashless, I want to hang on to my board. My goal is to hang on to my board and to surface conservatively and just try to get in the curl yeah. and just stand there. Like just try to get optimal trim, yeah. you know, and make the section, yeah. you know, this, that alone. And it's so damn rewarding. Oh. No one notices it. No. You're not throwing any spray. You're not doing a, you know, you know, whatever. Uh, but, uh, it is so rewarding. It's totally. so freaking fun. You're like, why am I doing anything but this? I mean, I know personally when I'm feeling frustrated about crowds and my bottom turn and, oh, I blew that section, just one day longboarding, it somehow takes away all that pressure of progression and it goes back to that, what you just said a minute ago, holding trim. And man, what a feeling that is. And that's why we all surf. Mm -hmm. And to do that every now and then to remind yourself can kind of bring you back to that reality of like, I don't surf to be the best. Mm -hmm. I surf to trim. Like that's the feeling I want. And um, yeah, the longboard, it's the, it's the best tool. Yeah, sure. it's a cool building block for your kid's development, I think, just to be a... Just to be a longboarder. Yeah, and just be a surfer. Like, yeah. if it's pumping, dude, go get a Ferrari and right. go shred it. Right. But if it's knee high, dude, go trim and right. smile and laugh and giggle and yeah. take the pressure off. Like, yeah, be a surfer. Be a on surfer. All different types of crafts. One hundred percent. Be a well-rounded surfer. And there's very few that you see kick ass on both on, on both mediums. Really, uh, I think it's the pros out there. Yeah. I think like uh, Torn Martin or or maybe Devin Howard's a good example of someone who could rip on on either but anyway that's cool yeah i didn't mean he's a long boarder i meant it's no. cool that he long boards it is because it does teach such patience and totally. it's just and, and the whole vibe is fun yeah and it you know the reality is is long boarding slows you down yeah slows you and down you see a lot of short boarders who try to do things too quick and i think that that does help his short boarding because he's a little more patient yeah he knows he's got time and 
that board's faster so it can do things, but don't do it too fast, slow down, you know, anyway. When, when is that, you said uh, Nationals, NSSA? Yeah, NSSA Nationals, they moved it because of the poor oil spill. Right. Um, it's Let's, right before Thanksgiving, I think, so yeah. it's down south? Yeah, it's Huntington. It's at Huntington. Yeah which is a, not the best longboard wave. Right, but it's it's a wave. And I mean, you know, you're talking about San Clemente earlier. It's yeah. like, you don't, you're not a movie star living in Sa Santa Cruz, just like that, like pro surfing, unfortunately, you gotta leave Santa Cruz. So we, we travel down there for the exposure, but obviously, cause he loves it and I wanna support him. Um, and you know, it's, some things are coming his way, which is great. Yeah. yeah. Name the shaper that's uh, built a couple of his Yeah, so ones. he's um, Bobby Lindesma. His kind of BL are his surfboards, BL. Okay. Um, so he shapes for Harper. Um, he works with Andre, who does wet surf training, who's big support for Harper. Uh, he just got on the Buell shop team, which is great. That's I really awesome. love the support from Buell and Buell's Jason. Buell's branding is so on point. Yeah, for sure. And Jason Hedez, the store manager, is just an absolute Santa Cruz legend and genuinely amazing, nice guy. Uh, and then he just got put on with Rainbow Surf Fins, which is great. Sarah, thank you for that opportunity. Um, and yeah, a couple other local like art shops, um, Natural Motions, and he, anyway, he's, He's getting some support, but really that's, you know, about exposure and product. Um, and if anybody's listening who really wants to support a kid, uh, you know, contest fees and gas, gas money is even more, is, is even better. Right. <laughs> right. We need more support. We need more sponsors out there. But I have a feeling this all came organically through him, through his surfing, through his smiles, and through his wins, and showing up and doing it. It's not like you're out there uh, knocking on people's doors, like, why aren't you sponsoring my kid? Again, I am not connected to the industry. Like, yeah. so many kids get hookups and stickers on their boards from just their dad knowing reps, and I know no one, and Harper has done all this on his own, which I'm so proud of. Well, you solidified, he is indeed my favorite surfer. That's cool. <laughs> all right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna wrap this up, but I wanted to ask you, I knew you are gonna have some answers now, knowing that you've been surfing for 15 years. Was one time, uh, name a moment you were terrified in the surf, or you were over your head, or you had a scary moment, Maybe the surf was small and something bad happened. What's a, a time you're legit scared in the water? Uh, anybody remember the July 4th South Swell last year? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I love um, New Brighton uh, when right. it's going. Um, and I looked at it from the cliff and there was a couple guys out and they were managing the paddle and getting waves. And I had a big board with me that day. Um, I had a seven, eight stretch. And I thought, dude, I'm gonna go out and get some bombs today. And uh, I paddled out and it took about 20 minutes to kind of get where I needed to be. Um, and I caught a decent one. And if you've ever surfed New Brighton, it kind of grows as it gets towards the beach. And so I kicked out midway through the wave, just kind of knowing I had a big paddle already coming my way. Mm. Um, and I, I, I kicked out and started paddling out. And then I think everyone's seen the photos but there was a set in the middle of the day that most people will talk about for a long time that just, it's the seven wave peeling shot from Pleasure Point. It's the six waves out the back mm -hmm. at the Capitola Wharf photo that everyone see. So I had to navigate that and... Um, so you kicked out and then this was coming. And it just was marching. I mean, I, you know, I, surfers of course are like fishermen, right? Like I caught a seven foot fish, but it was right. really two and a half. But totally. I would say legitimately, these were like, I don't know, 
under 20, but like, yeah. I don't know, 14, 16 <laughs> foot whitewaters. And you are not in an optimal Dude, and spot. I, you know, I'm you in a huge on board. You can't duck dive them. Oh, and uh, it was, you know, it was one of those moments where I was like, I really just want my feet to hit the sand. And right. anyway, like long story short, I pretty much got out at yeah. the cement ship. Wow. <laughs> so like, I just got pushed and you know, yeah, it was like, which one, you know, and then of course it's like, which one do you go in on? And like, do you just take a whitewater in knowing it's going to reform to this, you know, 20 you. foot shore break. And anyway, I, I made it and I had never been so happy to, uh, be back on land. Absolutely. Um, so semi successful session, but really a reminder that the ocean is in charge. You know? yeah, yeah. Yeah. But then, then they closed down the Capitola Pier. Didn't it do some damage to that? To it the may pier have. Last year? But yeah. I know those images that you're, you're, you're referencing. Yeah. I mean, what a day. What a swell. And I'm so glad I got some. And the next day, July 5th, I got some killer ones too. And I've had a day at Scott Creek, but that's for another Scott Creek, pod, I drive podcast. by it. It looks, it sounds terrifying unless it was a one to two foot day or something. I think I I'm, mean, it's epic, but it, it's another one that if you get caught with a swing set, you're... Yeah. Yeah, See ya. It's real. <laughs> <laughs> All right. When was the last time you cooped it? Oh, like, you know, just like blew a pop up or. You, yeah, you, you pearled it. Uh, you, uh, let's say it was high tide and you're uh, trying to jump. You're doing a rock jump. Yeah, or yeah, something. yeah. Leash gets caught on the rock. Let's All see. That. What did I do lately? Um, <laughs> I mean, I, I, you know, I'm like anyone. You smack your kid in the back and the head with, with one of your longboards. Yeah, yeah, right. Totally. <laughs> oh, I mean, you know, like uh, a month or so ago, I was surfing Swift Street on the west side and like just casually walking down with my board and, uh, you know, the classic slipped yeah. and like kind of rolled off the rock and my board had like eight dings in it and everyone, you know, cheering from the cliff how awesome that was. All and those guys with tall cans. Swall yeah, a lot of tall cans and, uh, <laughs> you know, I just decided to paddle out and I probably shouldn't have. Oh, you just went out anyway out of pride? I just, like I couldn't, <laughs> I could not walk back up the rocks with right. the peanut gallery on the cliff. It was, yeah. I, one time I didn't know what I was doing. This is a good lesson in tides. It was like a king tide. It was stupid. It was like five and a half. And you see videos of people getting rescued now stuck trying to get in a pleasure point. I met my buddy Geldy. We walked down to the hook. It was, it was lessons two things. One, don't hesitate. Oh, yeah. You know, when it's time to do your jump and get in, you cannot afford to wait. Right. But, the, but you know, that water is kadosh. And then it's all channeled up the steps. You know, yeah. channeled in this little six foot area yeah. coming up. And we walked down like, oh, shit. And I'm kind of like, I don't know. Like, I've been served two or three years. I got my, like, easy riders, you know. And yeah. I just, you know, finally got my new. And um, somehow, Gelly timed it, boom, goes out, jumps in, paddles, starts, you know, making his I way. I can do that. Yeah, and I'm like, oh, okay, I'm gonna do that next. And then, sure shit, doosh. I don't know what happened, I hesitated. Another wave came, I'm at the top of those steps. It went up the steps, circ took that left up the hook steps, picked my ass up, just picked me up, boom, slammed me back down. I was like scrambling. I remember hitting my elbow like on the stair rail really yeah. hard, picking my board up. I remember swinging it around and almost hitting a surfer behind me like, whoa. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and it was like, Geldy was gone. And uh, I had to just wave at him at the cliff. Like, I, I, I don't you know, know that I'm going. <laughs> <laughs> that was a major kook move for sure. We're all kooks. Everyone's a kook. That's for true. All right, my man. Cool. Mountains to see.org. Yep. Uh, I'm going to check that site out and, uh, Please do. and throw you a couple bucks. That's a killer cause. And you're, Thanks, you're a cool dude, man. I, uh, I thought you were cool. I even, I now I've uh, confirmed it by talking to you. Jeff, I appreciate, appreciate it, man. Yeah, you bet. Appreciate you. All right. Keep it up, dad. <laughs> yeah, buddy. Sweet, Brian King, you're the man. Thanks again for uh, for letting me uh, bug you on a uh, 
a cold Wednesday morning out in the shop. Um, I meant to add that Fireman Mike, he donated 25 bucks to the show. I split my proceeds with Adam Montiel, who's located down in San Luis Obispo. He's the producer. I record this. I email it to him. He makes it sound cool. All donations, you're going to be entered into a drawing. Speaking of Timber Surf Co., Timber also makes fins. He glasses, reclaim lumber, and makes some badass fins. He's got twin keel. He has, I think, a mid-length kind of flex fin, and he has a pivot fin. And what we're doing here is every donation, every $5 you donate, you get a raffle for the Midlife Surfer Podcast garage giveaway. It's not coming from my garage, though. It's coming from Ryan's shop this time. So uh, episode 50, I'm going to be doing a drawing. And if you have donated to the show, $5 gets you a ticket, okay? If you donated $10, you get two tickets. $15, three tickets. You get it, right? So Fireman Mike, you get five tickets in that hat, dude. And then we're going to do a drawing. The winner's going to be able to get either a pair of uh, twin keel fins from Timber Surf Co. or... Uh, pivot fin for uh, for all that nose riding that you like to do uh, down in Malibu or at Noosa or uh, or at Pipeline. Okay, God bless you. Thank you for listening to the Midlife Surfer Podcast. If you want to donate, you got to go to midlifesurfer.com. That's midlifesurfer.com. I don't check Instagram as much, so uh, shoot me an email. Don't direct message me. I am at midlifesurfer at gmail. I love you. I love seeing you. I'm glad you joined me today. Peace. Peace. Yeah, man. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.